This week on Kettle of Fish, artist and filmmaker Leah Shore stops by to talk about animating the world around her. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the fun, no politics laughter show where we chat with actresses, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, and models about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcast and captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my aesthetically pleasing, poetically reasoning, picturesque producer, the straight line to my etch-a-sketch, the purple peg to my light bright, the inappropriate adjective to my Mad Lib, D. Prizer. That was really sweet. And then it went a little weird, but that's okay. I'm always <laughs> a little sweet, and then I get a little weird. That's Rah. true. That is true. Um... So it we had a really nice week, and then it started to rain again. But you know, we, we had. A and now the our backyard looks like a redneck trailer park because you dragged everything out of the chicken coop because you got some new shells for them to hide from the rats that have been getting in there. Yeah. And then it started pouring down rain in our backyard turned into a fucking swamp, and now all these milk crates and chicken coop crap is all over our backyard. Yes, and it kind of stinks, but I mean. Well, and I don't think it's rats. I think it's just mice. And they're very tenacious little mice. Like, I got one of those things that you plug in and makes that really horrible noise. And they don't care. Um, and then... But my daughter was like, make it stop. Yeah. How the hell are you even hearing that? I could hear it. You even tested her. But like, yeah. turn around. Can you hear it now? No. Yes. No. By plugging it in and unplugging it. Yeah. And she was like, make it go away. Yeah. So it had more of an adverse effect on our 12-year-old than it did on any rodents. You know what, though? That's kind of giving me an idea. Maybe I need to just keep it next to me, and when she starts to be a little pain in my butt, I'll just turn it on. I'll be like, stop it. Stop picking on your brother. Or we could just record her shrill shrieking when she starts yelling and just use that to drive away the mice. That might work, yes. Like a reverse, like Pied Piper. Yeah, getting rid of mice is no joke. And unfortunately, if they're hungry enough, because you start starving them out to get rid of them, when they get hungry enough, they'll go after your eggs, which means I haven't had fresh eggs in weeks. Um, and <laughs> they'll start going after your chickens if you're not careful. Like, you wouldn't think so. Yeah, they so. tore one of the chickens up. Well, I still don't know what that was. I, I, I don't know. Well, something did, and now he looks like he's been beaten like in a UMC battle yeah. or something. He's all discombobulated. I'm you, every winter we lose oh. two chickens. I don't know what the crap it is. I'm like, dude, when we move, I'm getting like some serious heavy-duty mega coop, and it's probably going to take like, I don't know, three months worth of saving paychecks. The Guantanamo Bay of exactly. chicken coops. Because I like my fresh eggs, and I like my, my fluffy little chickens. All righty, let's move on. A girl who has mastered the art of conversation, crafts her own opinion, and always performs well under pressure. Fern, a moist voice, kind of a little intro today. 
That's a, you know what, though? That's a great intro. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. I usually and get balls out with these intros, but I, I don't know. I don't like to always do things in the exact same way. Right. I don't know. I was pretty impressed with the inappropriate adjective to my Mad Lib. That was, that was a really <laughs> cool reference. But, yeah, I, I'm actually, you know, here in Virginia Beach, and I'm here to tell you, like, that the weather is very confused here. I mean, I think it's very confused in a lot of places, but it's been, like, cold then warm thing cloudy and sunny and i'm just here to tell you that this shit is not funny it's no. just not well the good news is there's no such thing as climate change so we're all gonna be a-okay no no let's not go down that road yeah <laughs> i know the non-politic laughter show all right hey here's something we can all relate to so today my daughter comes in and she's like Hey, what happened to Mean Girls? And I get this update on my Facebook that tells me what's leaving Netflix every month. And I was like, well, Mean Girls left. I saw it come across my feed the other day. It's not on Netflix anymore. I said, well, let's, you know, let's search your Roku box. And we typed it in. We couldn't find Mean Girls. I said, I'm sorry. They don't have it on any of these platforms anymore. And then she said something that made me feel like an old man. She's like, can you, can we like buy this movie in real life? Like, she didn't know what a D, like, how to ask for a DVD. She's like, can I get this movie in, like, real life? How do I get, like, this movie, like, in real life where, I, like, I could hold it? I was like, you mean a DVD? And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm old. Oh, my goodness. Dude, my kids do the same thing. Like, rotary phones, they saw one in a movie, and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, man, I remember using one. I mean, I'm not but so old, but I guess old enough to remember using well, one of those things. you're about to things. turn a big 4-0 next week. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of scary. Uh, I remember my mother told me she's like, I did not want to turn forty. I like hid behind the couch and like, if I hide there, it won't exist. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not quite kind of on that page. I'm I'm still cool. Like, I think I got a lot of life ahead of me and a, I've a lot to look forward to. But also, I look back and I'm like, you know. It could have been better, so why not just make the next 40 better than the last 40? So I'm trying to stay positive, as always, trying to grab those positive nuggets and move forward. But, yeah, it's kind of scary. I was excited to turn 42 because I thought it was the answer to everything, but then I realized that morning I was still a dumbass. So it solved nothing. <laughs> nice. I, I don't even know how to follow that logic. Right. All right. Well, let's follow with this. Dee, what do we got coming up the next couple shows, and who do we have on today? Well, we are actually going to be off for about 10 days, but we are going to come back with comedian Ember Knight on March 11th. Um, and we still do have our four-way super mega music show coming up um, with such interesting artists as Abby the Spoon Lady and Cowabunga Pizza Time and Max Sabbath and I can't remember. Oakley Doakley, the Ned Flanders Dokely. death metal band. Yes. So we're definitely going to have fun with that. Uh, stick around for in about an hour, a little over an hour. We are going to have David Lander, a.k.a. Squiggy, from Laverne and Shirley. He's going to be joining us on the next Kettle of Fish because today's twofer. And first, we are going to spend our next little bit of time with the filmmaker and all-round creative human being, Miss Leah Shore. Hi. Leah, how you doing? Hi. I'm good. Hey, I want to um, thank you for calling in and also congratulate you on a true milestone. I think you finally have done the biggest thing you've ever done in your life. This is truly amazing. You have paid off your student loans and all before the ripe age of 35. Wow. How did you do uh, such a feat? Thank you. Um, I sold my soul to the devil. I, you know, And that actually covered the cost? Hard. I could I'm do surprised. That. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. And now I'm really poor. 
I remember when Marco <laughs> Rubio, fun. who's like 47, 48 years old, gave a speech at the RNC a few years ago. And he's like, I finally paid off my student loans. Look how awesome I am. And I'm like, but you're a fucking <laughs> senator. And so if you're just paying off your student loans, how's wow. a guy working at Dairy Queen going to pay his fucking student loans off before he's 90? Right. I, d- I don't know. I don't know. This is why we, we need the forgiveness plan. And I don't, I don't know. It's really. Uh, well, I, I have to say, I'm impressed, though. If you sold your soul to the devil and could pay off your student loans, yeah. I know a lot of people who couldn't sell their soul and buy a donut. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you're talking yeah, gold. Cool. I, I, feel, I also money. feel lighter. I feel lighter now. So it's great. Yeah. It's like a diet. So Nice. I, sell I your soul, lose 10 pounds. Good. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a great ad. I saw it. That on, sounds the uh, way to go, D. Yeah, you Facebook. missed your calling. You need to go into satanic advertising. There you go. It's better than <laughs> greeting cards. I'm telling you what. Yeah, we saw a mm-hmm. uh, girlfriend last night on, or no, Girlfriend's Day on Netflix last night, and oh, uh, I, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I did not like it. I I I was like, eh, <laughs> sorry, but I can't believe how not sorry, sorry, not sorry. The greeting card industry. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't be. apologize to me. I wasn't in it. Yeah, I didn't think either. it was that great either. Yeah, I'm no. like, sorry, not sorry, Bob Oden- Odenkirk. <laughs> right, it's like I, I like you, you, but no. this was no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind <laughs> so, of a let. It was like really pretty. It was it was kind of pretty, but like no. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. yeah it w- yeah. it was like the girl. Like that was my favorite part. Are you real? Like that was the best line in the whole movie. Right there. Right there. <laughs> Probably okay. the only good I kind line. Of... Right. I was, right. I was kind of drawing the whole time. Uh, anyway, yeah. I was, Let's like, talk about Leah Shore because I'm going through <laughs> your body of work, right? And I'm seeing Ooh. you cover so oh many genres. Yes, indeed, art and live action Ooh. and animation. Oh, so versatile. Uh-huh. And but when I go down and I start looking at your most recent stuff, you're doing a lot more live action these days, even if it's live action mixed with animation. Have you kind of moved beyond animation? Are you getting bored with that? Because I noticed you're kind of pivoting more towards live action. I'm not bored. It's just I want to, like, you know, branch out because sometimes people like just, you know, pigeonhole people as like one thing. So, um, you know, I I do a few different things Um, and I like live action, too. And uh, sometimes being an animator, you like work alone, and I like people. So oh, in live good action, point. you work with a crew, <laughs> um, and I like it, and it's challenging in a different way. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just sometimes I write things for live action, and sometimes I write things as an animated piece, and it just depends. It's like a painting, you know. <laughs> Do you have a particular passion? Are you like, I am passionate about this one thing? Or are you like, dude, I just want to fucking create and whatever form that pours out of me, yes. that's the form it pours out of me? Yes, the latter. Yes. It's like whatever. I'm like, I need to make this thing. Uh, like my new film, Funeral. Uh, it's live action, mostly live action. Um, and I was like, I must make this now. Uh, it's live action. Uh, I just had to make it. Um, and it's really special. It's a special little nugget. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, let's pro- talk was, about that funny. too, because yeah. I mean, I got but, to watch yeah. that, and I haven't seen. Oh. I remember when I was little, I loved that Don Knotts movie with the cartoon fish, and I love Peach Dragon. I'm. This shows how old oh, I am. Cool. And the last thing they did like yeah, that was um, Roger Rabbit. Yeah. They don't do much like live action mixed with animation anymore. I find that curious. I know it's really sad. I would love to do more of that. Um, somebody should give me an opportunity. Yes, just saying. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I really enjoyed making funeral. Um, 
and uh, going to play a couple. I can speak a few film festivals coming soon. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a that's an interesting film uh, starring Jenny Prediger and Jared Kerr, who was in my previous film called "I Love You So Much," which is also right. live action and animation. Um, and that's that's a little quirky little film and weird and surreal. Um, I think yeah. you should bring that genre back. I really, really miss seeing those two yeah, genres kind to. of plug together. Are you kidding me? What do we have no, to do to get that done, do, Leah? Man. Um, somebody should hire me, and I have a, you know, I've got a few things up my sleeve that I, I have, you know, I've been writing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been pitching a couple shows, too, which are mixed mixed media. I like I like mixing mediums. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. We, um, I know that from I looking at your work. You yeah. definitely like mixing <laughs> it up. Fern, were you a big fan of I Peach like Dragon? mixing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, your body... Go ahead, darling. No, I don't know. I was just rambling. Well, I was going to say, your body of work is just so diversified. I mean, it's just... I mean, it really is... It's interesting. There were so many times where I was watching and loving what I was watching and going, what am I looking at? And then I start looking deeper and I'm like, this is really cool. Um, but you, you said, you know, it's kind of like what strikes you and what hits you and what you, what you need to kind of pour out. And, you know, th- we've talked to a lot of creative people. I know personally I've been like woken up in the middle of the night with an idea or a lyric or a poem or something in my head. And I think, okay, I'll remember that tomorrow. And then I wake up and it's totally gone. Do you have those moments where you're just like in the middle of sleep and you're like, oh, I've got this great idea for this. And do you like get up and like just jam it down or like, do you have those moments creatively? Cause I know creative people, they're like, their brain is always working and sometimes it just pops and it's got to get out. Um, not, not like with dreams. I have like really vivid, crazy dreams, but I don't like wake up and like write it down kind of thing. But uh, no, I just like, you know, harbor on ideas, like when I'm awake <laughs> and I write it down, you know, just like normal stuff, I guess, like that. And I just obsess over things. Um, obsession is good. Uh, I, ideas. What? Obsession? I think obsession is good. Yeah, it keeps you focused. You know, when you're going through your creative process, I'm watching these films. When you're doing something, let's say cookies, when you're making this, do you come up with the concept <laughs> first and then put pen to paper or do you already have yeah. all the symmetry in your head and go okay now i need to like are you sitting there just drawing and go i need to put this into a film or are you having these concepts uh, in your head and going now i need to make them animated sometimes it's like kind of symbiotic sometimes sometimes it's just the idea and, and then i'm like all right now i'm going to put imagery to it but or sometimes it's just like i have a crazy image and then i'm gonna write something to that but like if i'm like cookies is tech so every year i try and make a crazy holiday card because it's fun and it's sometimes easy or it looks easy but it's not um but i like to do that you know it's quick um i make like a 30 second holiday card and that's it's fun uh and there are rules to it you know it's like it has to be 30 seconds but it's a holiday card, but does it really have to be a holiday card, but I'm calling it a holiday card. Right, so right. cookies, you know, cookies, I was like, all right, it's going to be about cookies. And I made a crazy, you know, weird movie about cookies and a, a lady talking about Old Spice. And it, it just went from there. But people really like it. And it's weird, but, I, you know, it's fun. Um, we it's all need more weirdness in our life. 
<laughs> when you're doing this, is it like, hey, this is a road too far? Like, do you ever get ideas that you're like, there's no way this is going to translate well in this overly, sometimes politically correct society? Or are you like, fuck it, dude, I'm uh, just letting it all no. hang out? <laughs> yeah, I, I, not really on, on the let all hang out kind of side, but I guess with my new film, Funeral, it's more, I guess, mm, honed in. I would, I would say it's probably my most narrative film I've ever made. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you feel more inhibited with live action? Do you feel like you don't have as much? No, it's not. No, no. I don't think it's inhibiting. I I just purposely, it just came out as a more narrative film. That's how I wrote it. Um, Yeah, it just happened that way. I I wanted to make a more narrative structured film. Uh, sometimes I write this, an experimental film or a weird surreal film or a musical film, but this is a narrative structured film. And, and perhaps I'm, I'm writing more that way these days. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's do this then. I, I let's talk go. about what <laughs> your work you're probably most well known for, which is a film called Old Man. And you kind of animate oh, yeah. this insane stream of consciousness over top <laughs> actual audio of Charles Manson. And these are recorded interviews between the author and um, the author of Charles Manson Now, I think was the name of the book. Yeah. And his name is Marlon Meinick, right? Is that, am I saying that correct? Yeah, Mar- Marlon Marinick. Marinick, thank okay, you. Okay, you're so close. You're so close. It's okay. Hope That's all right. My last name is Kat Soros, so I have no <laughs> problem mispronouncing other people's last okay. names. But, you know, and I know the backstory that you had a mutual friend um, who at a film festival mm-hmm. had seen your movie Meat Waffle, yeah. introduced you guys, and um, you guys worked on this process. What I thought was fascinating was I read you were actually sent over 10 hours of audio. You went through the arduous <laughs> task of editing this down to five minutes. Was this something where you and Marlon had to kind of communicate back and forth and make these decisions? Or did you have absolute creative freedom on the audio you were going to yeah. use? He he's a really sweet guy, um, and let me have at it. Um, got the license licensing uh, from him, and I just sat there and listened to the man speak for a very long time, and uh, edited the audio in a in a couple of months, and into some form of interesting narrative. I don't know, string of consciousness, I guess, that made sense to me in five minutes. And that's the film. And then I animated to it. Um, did Marlon play yeah. any part in this? Did he say, I want this part specifically in it, this audio? Or did he? No. So you, he was hands no, off. he didn't. He was pretty hands off. I, I sent it to him when I was done. I was like, what do you think of this? And he was like, that's pretty great. I was like, great. Thank you. I'm going to make, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Why only five minutes? Why not do like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever? There was so much it's audio. too long. It's too long. People, you know, in this ADD time <laughs> of age, you know, people, that would be too much, um, especially with the way um, Manson was talking, you know, in in his kind of ranting type state. Um, I, I just don't think um, people would be able to pay attention. Or process my opinion, it. Though. He's so fucking Yeah, manic. right? And even the way I edited it, you're just like, what the hell is he, this? I mean, most people would like probably be like, "What? What is this?" Um, I don't know. I, it's I think more politicians um, should take his stance on air. I think we need more politicians oh, yeah. with like the Manson Air Act, <laughs> air. right, Fern? Yeah. How do we get that activism going for the Manson Air Act? 
I don't know, but that's what struck me so much is like air, air is your army. And I was like, whoa. I mean, but I'm listening to the, the stream of crazy, but visually I'm also watching a lot. There's a lot going on, but it's so connected and so spot on. But also, I mean, it, it embodies exactly what he was saying and exactly the crazy in an understandable way to, to hear the audio by itself but or to see the animation by itself, but the two combined was just such a perfect blend. It was it was fantastic. It was a great piece. I, I definitely applaud you on that. That was amazing, oh, amazing thanks. because Thank you. it was you 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 definitely took that. I don't. There's there's. I it was well beyond my expectations. It was amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And once again, I'll kind of pick your brain about the process on this in particular. When you're listening to this audio, are all of these, because you use like claymation and traditional animation and a bunch of different genres kind of mushed together, was this playing out in your head during the audio? Or how did you go through the process of deciding what, and also why is his face scribbled out during the whole thing as well? Because um, we all know who he is. There's no need. We don't need his face. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think this, I don't think it's necessary. Also, I think it, that, that represents, you know, like his mind. Yeah, talking, definitely. You know, absolutely. You know, like like going, going a billion miles a, a minute, you know, like, it's, um, you know, you know, I, you know, I, he's obviously unwell. Uh, he doesn't take meds. He didn't take meds. He refused to in prison. Um, so to me, that visual scribble represents a lot of things um i mean i can't even tell you everything i, mean, I don't know i didn't know the guy you know um but you know he had a, he had a pretty fucked up past too like you know he grew up in prison all these things i mean i'm not saying i don't <laughs> I'm, i mean uh, yeah it's complicated um so when you were putting pen to paper, <laughs> how do you capture that madness? Is this all going on in your head first? Or are you just, are you, is Leah Short oh. sitting there with a stack of crumpled up papers going, nope, this hasn't captured it yet? Um, what, what do you mean? Like um, the mediums I did or like the storyboard? Did I storyboard it? it like, sounds, like Oh, that's the, a good like question. Did you storyboard it? How, like, yeah, tell me the process <laughs> of how this became um, It was like, it was pretty like I had a great, good idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, Cause you know, I listened to the audio so much. Um, I had a great team working with me, like a few friends helping me out. Um, Jonathan Sellingson, a great animator and artist. Uh, he has made a great, great uh, thesis since then that has played the film festival circuit. And he actually helped me out on my new film funeral as well. Great nice. animator. Um, he helped me storyboard the film and transcode actually Manson's, uh, everything he says in the film. Uh, Michaela Olsen helped me out on the film. She helped a lot with fabrication. A lot of the stop motion sequences she helped me out with. Um, uh, Leisha Cry, uh, you know, so many people, uh, great friends I went to school with helped me out. Uh, lots of support, um, but yeah, I, you know, and then I animated a lot of it as well, um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I storyboarded it both in my head, and then I did some boarding uh, visually, like on pen and paper, you know, uh, old school, you know, because people Holy don't Holy shit, yeah, I'm so fascinated <laughs> by the whole process, man, and I had um, read that word is Charles Manson kind of knew who you were, and he approved of your work. 
having the yeah. AOK yeah. from old Charlie Manson, is that like fucking <laughs> chilling to you? Or is that like a resounding yeah. compliment? No, I, you know, they're, they're weird. It, I thought it was, I was like, okay, thank, okay, all right, great, thanks. I think, I think it was just more like Marlon told him that, you know, I was making this film from the audio, like, you know, asking permission, et cetera. And he said, okay, great, thank you. I think he just wanted as much, as many things as, as possible, like, produced, you know, while But he, he had no way of alive. viewing it, though. I think I don't know actually. I you know I read at some point he had a cell phone in jail and he got in trouble or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't oh know. I man! Know Just imagine the news yeah. article: Charles Manson caught with stolen cell phone watching Leah Shore's film about him. Oh, that would be really interesting. But I don't think he saw it in the end. Um, oh. I'm sure he was doing other stuff like making music or something. I don't. I don't know. Um, who knows? So um, would you say this is the work you're most proud of? Because you were tackling a very, very complicated topic. Um, am I most proud of that? I, it's, it's one of my most known films. Um, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm always most proud of the, the film I'm working on, you know, cause I always try and make my newest film, my best film. Um, so that's how I work. So I, I would like to say that my new film, Funeral, is my best film. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I love Old Man. It's, it's, it's one of the best of my films. I don't know. I don't know how to say that, you know? I made a film called Hallway, which I think is one of my best films as well. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but it's a black light film. It's crazy, man. It's, I made it in a... <laughs> it is crazy real, and pretty groovy. I made it at a sex club in Brooklyn that has been running. I would like to make a, a documentary about it. I'm trying to actually side note um, that's been running for about 20 years. Um, and which is amazing on its own. And I got the, I had the privilege of filming in it and I made a queer um, semi narrative film in it. And it's all blacklight. I wanted to make a blacklight film. And I did, and it's five minutes long, and everyone should watch it because it's neat and it'll freak you out. Watch it. And that's the thing, too. Lovely it's ass. like I grew up in a punk yeah. rock world, and I used to throw shows all the time. I played in a punk band, and when I would go to a family get together, People will be like, well, what are you doing for a living now, Nikki? My family calls me Nikki. And I'll be like, well, I just threw this big show down on this island called Wicked Sand Jam. And they're like, no, no, what are you really doing? And I'm like, well, I'm telling you what I really did. That gate like made $30,000. That sounds like I'm really doing No, no, but what did you really do? Like, do you have family and people you grew up with that are like, so how are your doodles doing? Are you like still doodling <laughs> who just don't fucking get yeah. it at all? Yeah, like, um, probably. Probably some of my family, I mean, they, they support me and they're proud of me. Um, I don't know. I don't, do they get it? Probably. I mean, my mom gets it. My mom's an artist. Oh, she nice. At first, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure she didn't understand it when I first graduated from school. She was just like, you should get a full-time job. Don't do this. But and she supports me. I love her so much. She's been one of the most supportive people in my life. So right I wouldn't on. have been able to be where I am without her. She's, she's my rock. Um, Damn. That's important, right? For yeah. it's important to yeah, have a, a support system because I know like people probably Definitely. don't understand what we do. Right. Fern. 
Yeah, and you know, that's that's amazing and that's one thing we've heard across the board is a lot of creative people have that support system. You know, my daughter from a very young age has always liked to draw. She's always liked to she's always been very artistic. I mean, to the point where I grabbed this huge baker's rack and it is full of just construction paper, markers, like scissors, like anything. She'll take anything and make anything out of anything. Um, and she just got accepted to the uh, the gifted visual arts program here in Virginia Beach. And I think a lot of that has to do with us cultivating that and saying, you know what, you're. I appreciate that because I can't even draw a circle. My artistic outlet is in cooking. You know, that's where I kind of excel. But everything else, like I, I am not that artistic person, but I appreciate, I have a deep appreciation for art and the message that's sent through it. So I think that support system and having people behind you who understand that and having an artist as a mother, that I think that's hugely important, hugely important. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, my mom... Uh, she went to school for sculpting, and uh, now she she makes artificial eyes for a living. <laughs> so artificial I, eyes, E Y E. Yeah, for humans. Yeah, for humans. Oh, that's I, an art. Uh, that's an art. Definitely yeah, an, an art. art. And she's amazing, and I grew up just being surrounded by that. And that was actually like my first job, uh, assisting her and just make, making um, like the irises for her. Um, so and I, actually, in some of my stop motion films, I use her eyes that she's made for me. So, so do you do you custom know, made? Can I get like forty bottles of like <laughs> OE and my irises if I wanted and my new yeah, eyes? Yeah, totally. I I can't. I mean, I can make some cool things for you, but she's she's a master. Yeah, um. <laughs> obviously. Holy. Well, shit. that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy too. Because yeah. being an optician, I had people in my office where they would get oh, wow. infections and things like that, and I've actually had people take those artificial eyes out. And we've had to, yeah. you know, I I I know the intricacies with that. It's it's really amazing. It what might they have can been made by um, Leah's mom. It so, may have yeah, been. Yeah, she's one here. of the best. She's pretty. That's amazing. crazy. People yeah, from all around the world to see her. Um. Yeah, she's kind of amazing. And this is why I love Kettle of Fish, is because of stuff exactly yeah. like this. That is so amazing. Um, D, <laughs> two summers ago, we went to New Orleans, and we went to the Museum of Death, which is this museum oh, that has I love all... That place. Uh, are you familiar yeah. with the place? Oh, yeah, I was going to yeah, suggest that you send... Why did, why, have you sent Old Man there? Because I think it would go perfect with know. their motif. Oh, my God. Yeah, it oh totally my God. I should, I, how do I contact them? Like, hey, guys. Um, I mean, the kids that own it are these little steampunk kids because they actually brought me in and was like, what did you think of the museum? And kind of focus grouped me after I went through the tour. So you should definitely <laughs> like get a hold of those little steampunk dudes. That, and they were the guys oh that owned gosh. the place. And be like, hey, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a filmmaker. Here's my film about Manson. I know totally. they would put it in their museum. Oh, it yeah, belongs sure. in a oh, museum man. of death. Leah, has anybody ever he told you before? It belongs in a museum. <laughs> yes, you belong in a museum of death, Leah. Has anybody ever told you that before? There's a museum of uh, serial killers, I think, in L.A. Did I make that up? I don't know. I, have I to hope so. There probably is. That. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It would just yeah. be better if yeah. Leah was having a psychotic break and made it up. Yeah. Well, it would be more yeah, interesting, I, I think. Killer. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> Filmmaker has psychotic break on kettle of fish. Where's oh, our big grabbing headline? Uh, yeah, actually, shit. there's a museum of death in Los Angeles. 
Um, there's a serial killer crime museum. Yeah. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So get on it. Let me know how it goes. You belong in a museum. Okay. All right. Talk to you later, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I only think who would have made the film better, by the way, is if it was an interview done by Betty White. If it was Betty White and Manson Uh, and you animated it. Shut up. That would have been perfect. <laughs> perfect segue. And speaking of Betty White, you uh, have an action of one of my gurus. I love Betty White. Tell us what happened with Off Your um, Off Your Rocker, I think's the name of it, and Betty White. Yeah. Or Off she Your like Rocker. Had that, but she had that punk show. It was like a punk show hosted by Betty White, and they just punked young people, I think, right? Um, and then, so apparently I got, I was in it. <laughs> And I was in an episode. It was just so silly. Um, but it, what was funny was, I mean, I, it's funny. Uh, I was just broken up with somebody. So I was just all sad and not wearing makeup. And I, I was like carrying art supplies because I went and bought a lot of art supplies because I was sad. So I was like treating myself. And I was just crossing the street. And as I was crossing the street, the this older, beautiful lady was next to me talking on the phone, and she was just saying the most ridiculous things next to me on purpose, and I knew she was doing it. Like, I knew they were punking me. That was the thing, though, and they edited it to make it look like I was being punked. That was that was, that was fu- funny, you know? And so she was just, like, talking on the phone, and she's like, I don't know, blah, blah, you know? Like, I think... I might be pregnant or like I'm, I might get, I'm, we didn't use protection and I might have gotten something. And I'm like, shut up. And I'm wearing, I'm like, I have a giant lady fro. My hair is giant and I had pigtails or something. And I was trying to hide my laughter with my big fro. And it was funny because I knew she was fucking with me. And so I'm crossing the street with her. And then all of a sudden I see, (laughs) I see this cameraman and he's just, standing and trying to hide in a trash can but i just see him and i point i point at him i'm like i know what you're doing <laughs> i know what you're doing and then they make me uh, sign a, a release form and then they edit me to see like to make it look like i'm being punked and and th- there i am i'm on betty white but you weren't I don't punked at all her. right i wasn't actually punked but, but they made it look like i was punked you know so i'm i'm in i'm in the episode and then I, I got, like, all these emails from people I went to high school with, like, oh, my God, I saw you on Betty White show. Um, <laughs> well, what you need to do so, is yeah, start just yelling, fake punked, fake punked. Liberal <laughs> media made me seem punked that I no. wasn't. Hollywood elites. <laughs> no, when I die, that is what I'm known for. Betty White's off her rocker. <laughs> Who could ask for anything better? Yeah, but I didn't get to meet her, and that's what I'm sad about. That's what's most upsetting. Oh, so you interact <laughs> with her and they don't even let you meet her? No. No. Oh I God. didn't even get to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I, th- I would rather not a even gift be certificate. in <sighs> I know. So it was very sterile in and out. Like they were just like, hey, thanks for reminding okay, me. Okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, we need to get Betty White on the show with you. I think you need some kind yeah. of closure on this. Ask her. Yeah. I need some, you know, retribution. Like, Listen, Betty. I think there's like, a, there's like a whole <laughs> YouTube series, like Potty Mouth Grandma. I don't know if you've seen that. But I'm pretty sure oh. that Betty White is the one that opened the door for that. If you, Oh, you've never seen Potty Mouth Grandma. Okay, so this, it's basically this lady who 
does cooking recipes and she curses. And it is funny as That's hell. Funny. I mean, she throws the F bomb everywhere and she's so sweet and so <laughs> innocent looking and so nice, but she's dropping. She's like, you need to stuff this fucker, you know? And it is so oh cute, God. but I'm pretty sure like Betty White opened that door. She is a cool lady. Definitely. Very cool lady. What is it about the human yeah, psyche cool. that loves to see like a little old lady, like in a Texas chainsaw movie with like an ax behind her back. And she, you know, just going to like chop you up and cook you. Why do people love to see like little old ladies like snap and go off the rockers like that? Well, isn't it like kids cursing, you know, because like a little kid saying a curse word, although you don't want to like see it, it is kind of funny because they're innocent and sweet and you just don't expect it. Yeah. So maybe it's the same thing with like older people. You know, you Where just don't did we get the it, idea like, that, that all older people were sweet? I've met some horrible older people. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I worked with old people, older people a lot. I worked in geriatrics for like six years. And most of the time what I found was that if they are like crotchety or upset or whatever, it's either A, they don't have any family near them and they're lonely, or B, they're in a lot of pain. And so I have found a way to kind of uh, circumvent that and just, just be kind, keep your ears open, um, listen, because you can learn a lot. And a lot of older people, really what they want is conversation and attention and just give them that in a genuine spirit. And you can make lives happier. I think most, most older people are just towards the end and they see that and then they're alone and then they don't have anyone to talk to. It's kind of sad. I have a lot of empathy for that. So. Wow, this episode yeah. took a grim yeah. turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of Graham, I've got to bring this up, too. I saw a picture of you a few yeah. weeks ago wearing a okay. Goblin, the band, the, like, Italian progressive <laughs> band Goblin T-shirt. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, somebody, like, especially somebody younger than me knows who Goblin is. How much of an impact? Yeah, yeah we had Mauricio on our music show uh, about a year and a half so ago. Jealous. The guy's a fucking... So maniac super genius he like programs like does all this coding and programming now and he's like i believe that really? coding is like music oh my god and i use the eloquence of music when i code these programs i mean the guy is a fucking super he genius german uh, yeah so cool. everything i do that's sounds so jealous yeah, so what got so you into Goblin? Because that's kind of an older school band. I was surprised um, I, to hear. Well, both. I really love. I love all the films that they've made the soundtracks to. I'm a huge horror film nerd. Um, um yep. <laughs> and then I, I saw them in concert. I saw both Goblins in concert. Oh my god! So, seen, so jealous. Yeah, yeah. Both halves of Goblin. I so I've seen them. I guess in total three times. Um, I even saw them when I was really sick. Great. It was great. Yeah. So much fun. Um, the last time we were in Baltimore, yeah. I went up there to shoot my web series, and I was interviewing my um, buddy bands, The Pissed, and they were playing in Baltimore. And the same night at the same time, Goblin was playing. This was like last November. Oh, nice. And I was like, fuck, I've got to do this interview and go see Al's band. <laughs> but Goblin's playing, yeah. too, and I've never seen Goblin. you got to see him ASAP before they stop touring. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll make I a deal like with the, you. Yeah. You get that tell film. Me. You get Old Man in the Museum of Death, and then we will both meet up in New Orleans next time <laughs> Goblin comes. Go see Old Man at the Museum of Death and go see Goblin. Deal. That won't deal. be too hard to set up, right? Goblin, Old Man, okay. Museum of Death, and New Orleans all <laughs> in the same... We could cross all those all roads, right? The same night. We'll just yes. do that in one night, and that's it. 24-hour <laughs> bender. 
We need to do that. <laughs> All right, Fern, I want to end with daiquiri. this. Yeah. Um, okay, you go daiquiri. I'll probably go another route. But all right, whatever okay. gets yeah, us yeah, there. Weed. Yeah, whatever gets <laughs> us there. Fern, um, I sent you a thing of these cartoon conspiracies, and there are some that are really disturbing, like the one about um, the dead baby theory with rugrats and stuff. And you wrote yeah. me, and you're like, oh, we oh, definitely have to talk about this because I've got one that really oh, blew shit. me away. What are you obsessing about, Fern? Okay, the one I'm obsessing about is the Garfield conspiracy. And the Garfield conspiracy is born out of one comic that was done where Garfield wakes up in an abandoned house. And basically he's calling out for John and Odie, but they're not there. And this is, they, they flash to the outside of the house and it's a run-down, dilapidated, deep-out, like, condemned house. And the conspiracy theory is that Garfield is actually alone and starving, and he has created this delusion where he has this family and he's always well fed. So is he but like a what, recluse? Is he purposely like locked in a house because he doesn't want to go outside? I think he's abandoned. He's abandoned yeah, in this oh, house. Like, so yeah, and it, it's crazy because it's like the only cartoon that he did that references this. But what I found very powerful was at the very end of the cartoon, there was something very prolific that he wrote. And that was, an imagination is a powerful tool. It can taint memories of the past, shape perceptions of the present, or paint a future so vivid that it can entice or terrify all, depending on how we conduct ourselves today. That was in the comic strip? That was at the that very end of the comic strip. A Garfield comic. Yeah, that's heavy. why it struck me. I was like, wow, but that's so true. You know, if we let our, I mean, letting your minds go and using it for the power of good or the power of bad, like you can let it control your life and terrify you, or you can let it open up doors and give you the freedom and self-confidence to project good into the world. And that's kind of what I took from it. So I don't know if this conspiracy theory is true. Um, I haven't had enough time to vet it and see if that's actually where he came from, or even if that was the intent. But I found it a very prolific statement at the end because it's pretty much you can use your brain for what you want, good or evil. And I choose good, but, you know, you, you can either let it trap you or free you. Well, one thing they always say uh, that people do in animation is they either inject subliminally some kind of political statement in it, whether it be like overtly an imagery and you can kind of see it in the background, like they'll hang a picture of whatever, Margaret Thatcher, just name somebody, or <laughs> they're always injecting penises. Like I pulled this article I almost sent you guys of like 10 Disney uh, movies with me. secret penises in it. Leah, oh, are you yeah. injecting anything like secretly into your films penis? where it's like Easter eggs? Definitely. How many secret penises no. are like in Meat Waffle? I, I don't. There are so many secret peni. Um, none. Peni, nice. Is there any? Yeah. <laughs> Very grammatically correct here on Kettle of Fish today. Peni. Thank you. Thank you. That's the only grammatically correct thing I think I've said. <laughs> That's um, all right. <laughs> Um, but I, no, none, none, but I think I talk more about boobs in my films than penis. Yeah. It's hard and boobalicious to put anything like, like a secret or avert in that. Right. Because you're kind of coming all out with it. I, yeah, I think I'm overtly boob positive than penis positive. Can't argue with that. Right. Fern. (laughs) Oh no, absolutely. And boobology was great, man. That was. That was Was great. it boobology or boobalicious? I thought it was boobalicious. 
I'm just totally into what you guys are thinking this is called, so I'm going to go with it. I like boobology. Yeah. Well, it was it was so fascinating. I actually showed that to my 15-year-old. I was like, mm, I don't know if I should. I, he loves, like, eclectic things. And I was like, I don't know if I should show it or not. But I was like, you know what? It's not too bad. So it's fine. And we treat him pretty much like an adult. We try to, you know, make sure that it's not, you know, we're not trying to protect him too much. I mean, I'm very open with sex and anatomy and all that other stuff. And he rolled. He loved it so much. He was like, what am I watching? This is fantastic. You know, it was great. Aww. But I, I didn't notice that you love anatomy and you like clocks. I want to know what the thing is with clocks. Cause I noticed that was like a recurring theme in a lot of your films. I don't know. I like time, I guess. And knowing time and <laughs> the sound of them, I guess I think I like that more in my earlier work. Well, speaking like, of you know, time, yeah, this is, are we done? Is this it? Well, no, no, no. Hang tight. I wanted to ask you this because I saw a couple different things where you were like really under the gun, time-wise, as far as your work, and you popped out these things like on that mini boom ad and now Happy Catfish Day, and you were talking about, oh man, I like I had forty-eight hours or twenty-four hours to do this. Do you like working under the gun because it keeps you focused or do you like having months or even years to kind of like ferret something out and make it the way? Are you a perfectionist where you have to have that time or do you like being under the gun? I, I think I really like being under the gun. I, I like to make things really fast and move on. Um, yeah, I get I also get hired to produce things really fast. That's like most of my jobs uh, are rust jobs. <laughs> I just produce something for HBO I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, I produced it like in a week. Um, it was super rushed, but it was like a, a three minute piece, which is crazy for animation. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's really fun to me and exciting. I guess it just gets your adrenaline really pumping and your creative you. flowing. Right. I um, yeah, I do the I same like thing. I like being under the gun because it focuses me. When you look back, because you've been doing this for a while now, when you look back at something like Meat Waffle, which was one of your first films that went to a festival, it was like almost 10 years ago. Are you overly critical no, of yourself? No, I'm old. Wow, she, dude, I'm, I'm 46, so you're nowhere I'm probably kidding. near my stratosphere. I'm yeah. 12 years old. Yeah, I'm a child. Um, there you go. I mean, are you overly I, critical? Do you question? look at... Well, do you look at Meat Waffle and go, man, dude, now that I've got almost 10 years experience, I wish I did this, this, and this? Or do you just make something yeah. and never kind of look back? Yeah, I kind of like move on. I'm like, that was my film. That was my thesis. Blah, blah, blah. So there's nothing you no. wish you would have done differently when you go back and look at your work. Um, It depends on like, I guess, what? I, just, I don't know. I just edited my new film again. My new film funeral, I took out two minutes because I was like, fuck, I need to take out two minutes. <laughs> Why did you but feel like you needed to take out working. two minutes? It was too long. <laughs> so you'll never do like feature too long. film. That's something you're not interested in. Oh, no, in I want to do. I want to do feature films, actually. I'm currently writing one. Um, and I want to I want to do I want to have a TV show. Actually, I'm, I'm mainly focusing on that at the moment as a TV show. So there you go. Um, I want to see you on TV. Definitely. All right. We got a couple minutes face. left. Yeah. Leah. Okay, oh my god! Oh my god! What? Under the gun! I'm I'm putting you under the gun. You've got like two oh minutes god, left. Oh my god! What god. do the kids need to know? What do they need <laughs> to know about life? And what do they need to know if they what? want to go into filmmaking? Oh gosh! I don't know. Just be friendly, and 
I, I don't, oh my God, just keep making things and don't be critical and put boobs in your work and penises, apparently, according to you. Penises <laughs> um, are a big seller. <laughs> yeah, they're a big seller. Um, Ever since the dick stuff. pic made its way onto like the national <laughs> culture, um, penises are big. People probably go back and look for those penises. Now, Little now, mermaid. penises are completely average you size pe- sellers. <laughs> I'm sorry, That's I'm right. bastardizing there, there, I, think, I think it's a faux pas now. I think we're more on to the boobs now. Yeah, boobs. Um, boobs are good. It's very in. It's very God, in. God, I hope yeah. so. Um, are we saying that penis selfies are now a fallacy? Or? Oh, oh I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm bowing out. I don't want to talk about penises. You, you ladies have at it. Okay. We'll talk about clams. Um, there you go. Under the sea. Thank you. Back to Little Mermaid. Yeah. All right. We're going to get out of here. Leah, hang okay. tight because we've Thank got... Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. David L. Lander yeah. coming on. So oh definitely God. hang tight so we can all do that. Yeah. But tell everybody where they can find you online. Where can they find the many oh, yeah. clams and boobs of Leah Shore? <laughs> it's easy. Ready? LeahShore.com. That's my website. Um, you can find me on Vimeo. Just type in my name, Leah Shore. If you just type in Leah Shore anywhere, I'm sure you, you can find me. <laughs> and what would there you do you if Goblin came to you and said, we want you to oh, animate yes. the backdrop of our concert? Yes. I would say yes. Yes. Nice. And yes. But you have to do it with Betty I would, White. I would cry. You and I Betty White yes. working side by side. Oh, my gosh. That would be so I bet, the highlight, highlight of my life right there. Um, I would cry. If Goblin came to me, I would do anything for them. Uh, you heard him, Goblin. I'll have to uh, reach out to Mauricio. <laughs> All right, guys, we are out oh, of here. Stop. We'll be back in five minutes with David L. Lander. <laughs> oh, we're going to play a song. Yes, you actually you. wrote the lyrics to this song, right? Um, what? Wow, what was the animated short you did? And you wrote the lyrics to it. Good God. The it song. was on Lunar Day. The song is called Celebrate Lunar Happy New Year. Happy Lunar New Year. Yes. Yeah. Didn't oh, you write yeah. the lyrics to that? Yeah, I did. And that's yes. from Sesame Street's. Like, um... Yeah, I sang it, too. Like oh, Sesame that was you singing? singing? Oh, God. Yeah, I make okay, all well, the music for stuff. All well, we've got to end the episode with that then, right? Yes. Yeah, I make some music to my, my movies, guys. That's me singing, by the way. Hey. All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> Tonight.